0: Scuba Obsessed, the weekly podcast. We talk about all things scuba diving, from cool new gear to places a dive and scuba news. Scuba Obsessed episode three hundred fifty two is recorded live, December twenty first, twenty seventeen. Welcome back to Scuba Obsessed. I'm Darren Jilson, coming to you from the southwest side of the great state of Michigan. Joining me this week, we have Mac, the dive mentor. How are you doing today, Mac?
1: I'm doing very well. Glad to be here, and uh, looking forward to the weekend. Excellent.
0: And we also have Kevin Ailes. How are you doing today, Kevin?
2: Actually, I'm doing very well myself. Uh, you know, it's been a good. Thanks for having me on again tonight. How about you, Darren? How are huh. you doing tonight?
0: I'm doing good, especially since uh, today is my last day of work until 2018, so I'm looking forward to having a, about a week and a half off.
1: Must be nice. Yeah. So, I mean, you're going to get a dive in then, right?
0: Dive? Dive? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: that, that does sound good.
1: Yeah, uh, we got the uh,
2: Muddy New Year coming up there over at Jim's place. Uh, uh, my my problem with
0: that one is uh, the the old sad song goes, that's my daughter's birthday, so I never can it seem it. But at midnight,
1: come on, you're not celebrating it at midnight. Yeah,
0: I I may be able to get uh, permission to leave, but uh, we'll, we'll see, maybe, because uh, it's going to be in Sister Lakes this year, isn't it?
1: Yeah. yeah, it looks that way, and we do have ice, so it definitely looks like it's going
0: to be an ice dive. Yeah, I saw those photos you posted that would look like really clear ice.
1: Well, John has been out, and uh, they were saying it was four inches of ice at Diamond and over in Magician. And the Magician ice, looking at that picture, that's clear ice because you can see the sand under. Uh-huh. You know, you can see the, the sand. You can see where it looks like it's not ice, but it is because you'll see the cracks and or the, the trails. Yeah. You can't do that if you don't have ice. Nice. And uh, a couple I didn't post, but... If you looked at them, it's like, there's no ice there. Well, it's clear ice. It, it was freaking awesome.
0: That was beautiful. Huh. Yeah, I'll have to get a hold of you this, this week. Maybe with me being off, I might be able to escape for a day, and we could do some sort of ice dive.
2: Works for me. Well, I'm going to be off the first week of January. I plan on getting quite a bit of diving in. Now. Of course, all weather-dependent, but uh, I'm going to be at Jim's Place for the uh, muddy New year and a nice dive in there or whatever kind of dive we had and you whatever know, else pops up too
1: not to distract anything but is there a daytime dive in Holland this year and or is SAS doing a daytime dive over in Gull?
0: I have not heard anything on the Holland front they haven't had that dive on uh, the last probably three years that I'm aware of
2: I've heard nothing about SAS doing a dive on we got Eric roll uh, up on it here. He's usually in touch with to SAS. Eric, do you know anything going on at SAS for the New Year? Eric's
1: is off. His, yeah, he's, uh, he's
0: he's typing, so we'll see something come in the chat oh, okay. room. Uh, well he's typing away. Uh just to let everybody know I this could be a short episode. I'm running on battery power for the laptop, so we're at forty nine percent. Uh we'll we'll give I'll let everybody know when it gets to be twenty five. So we may have forty minutes, we may have an hour, who knows? So uh, if that's the case, let's go ahead and reverse the order again this week and start with any dives. It looks like there was a few people who got wet this Saturday.
1: Well, Kevin, I'll let you take that since you got me involved in it. You talk about it.
2: All right. Well, uh, I mentioned this a little bit on the podcast in previous episodes, but uh, West Michigan Adaptive Diving asked me to try to find some uh, divers and super support for a uh, – Adaptive Diving Clinic they held on the 16th of December. Managed to find them uh, six divers and uh, three took support. And we were up there, uh, had a great time. And of course, we had you know, Don Mack was up there, Bob Sweeney, um, Bob Businski, Eric Roloff, Dan Schultz, um, Amy came along too as well, uh, Amy Schering there. Uh, I mean, Tim, I can't think of Tim's last name there. But yeah, we, we had quite a good-sized crew up there to help out. Um, all in all, I believe we got uh, 19 folks with uh, varying uh, disabilities in the water. Uh, great time was had by all. <clears throat> now, I'll tell you honestly, when I first heard about this, you know, I was a little on the fence about it. Um, I wasn't sure, you know, um, how involved I wanted to be with this here. But once you see the look on these folks' faces here, and how much fun they were having there in the pool there at the, uh, it was the East Grand Rapids High School. Uh, every one of us has has said something to Tim, or to me, which I would relate back to Tim, uh, Tim Marr, who uh, put this together, about wanting to be involved in it next year. In fact, there are a number of us who are looking into becoming a uh, certified dive buddy. Um, that was one thing we we're running a little short on up there. You know, so we had you know quite a few divers and a fair amount of surface support, but uh, a number of these folks. Um, it's, you know, you're supposed to have a uh, a dive buddy certification in this situation, here. and that's actually you know they, they train they, they put you the paces as to what uh, kind of a you know some kind of an impairment which makes it more difficult for them to scuba dive and. Uh, don't say six of us? You know, I Mac. I know you, you mentioned it to me. Eric mentioned it to me. Uh, Dan Schultz did. You know, Bob Sweeney and his wife want to go for this. Uh, you know, I've passed on to Tim that you know, we've got a full class. We got up to six people who are you know just looking to see what the date is to uh, get this dive buddy certification. Um, you know, it, this this was a marvelous event. You know, I gather it's done somewhat in conjunction with dive heart. Uh, Tim was telling me Tim or Paul, you know, Paul, Paul Kikers was part of it as well. well. those guys were telling me that uh, a lot of their training was done through instructors from Dive Heart. So they, they're kind of on the same page and awful lot of stuff. I don't think I don't think that West Michigan Daphne is actually affiliated with Dive heart, but they have very much the same goal and very much the same methods and certifications involved. But you know we we end up there for most of the day we arrived at eight o'clock in the morning and we had our first uh, group of students come through right around 10 o'clock and you know yeah there were some challenges you know uh, each person has a unique set of circumstances and you know the uh, service support, support team was just marvelous at uh, you know tough talk and confidence and you know and if, if they you know these people they were all there voluntarily if they didn't want to do it they were you know, had no problem not doing it. But these people, they came in, was laughing and shouting, and they were so excited and just couldn't wait to get in the water. I mean, some of them, you'd hear, the, you'd hear them come in, uh, you know, through the doorway, and they were just shouting. They were so excited to be there. And you know, uh, once the uh, super sport team, mostly was uh, you know Amy Shering and, uh, and Bob Sweeney, um, I know. Uh, Paul's up there a fair amount, and Tim Marlowe's back and forth in the water constantly. You know, they get getting up in a wetsuit, and perhaps some of the listeners are thinking, why are we using a wetsuit in a pool when the water's, you know, 80 degrees? But when you're in there for a while, it, it, it does cool you off. I know that uh, one of our guys, uh, Rob, started off wearing a T-shirt and a pair of shorts, and he had gone to a wetsuit short. It, it, it does cool you off after a while, and... You know, once we got these folks in and, uh, you know, went over the routine and some basic hand signals and you know, we wanted them to be able to communicate if they weren't enjoying it. You know, so we we showed them very thoroughly how to tell us, you know, something's not right. And, you know, which is, of course, you pull your hand out and you shake, you kind of shake the hand back and forth, you know, say you want to go up, which is basically the thumbs up maneuver, you know, what? you're constantly confirming with them. Are you okay? Are you okay? You maintaining eye contact. You know, you're watching your mask, make sure you're having kind of flooding issues or anything. And the bubbles are coming up in a steady stream. And my gosh, it was just, it was a great time. You know, when we, we all got a t-shirt out of the deal and we all got, you know, we all fed lunch. Um, a lot of us were given, given, you know, masks and uh, you know, goodie bags and things and all that. And um, this this is a great time. And, Say we've got already a whole staff plan for next year. <laughs> I mean, you know, of course, a lot can change in a year, but uh, everyone who was involved with this one has already said they want to be involved next year. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure that'll change. Things will happen. You know, people go on vacations and whatnot. But uh, I don't understand why they don't do it more often. I mean, it, it's it's an annual event, for them, but uh, they certainly have the support now. To do it more than that. This is done in association with Mary Freebed. They do the uh, screening and the accepting of the patients, verifying that you know they have you know the, the abilities and are capable of doing this, and uh, you know we get them in the water. Um, you know it's just, Matt, what 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 were your impressions of this year? I mean, I've kind of been along for a while, but uh, what do you recall most about this year?
1: Uh, one was the enjoyment of watching them enjoy themselves, but. The reason I was interested in taking the course itself, whether I participated as a buddy or just a helper, is part of the training they give you will be on the disability types and specialized knowledge of how to work with them. Uh, It's good to see the accessibility issues and how they need to be able to be dressed to get into the environment and undressed. And we had people who did that because they had the knowledge. Uh, I'm looking forward to the aspect where they do confined water training as a as a buddy. They simulate you being a paraplegic, a quadriplegic, an amputee, and blind. And experiencing that aspect of it will give you a better appreciation of what they are experiences, experiencing. Therefore, you might be able to have a better rapport and definitely a better understanding of what they can and cannot do and where you really have to be technically proficient and, and watching so you can take uh, the cues from them on how to help them. So I, I'm looking forward to at least taking some of those classes. I think it would help us.
0: How many divers did they have on the adaptive side?
2: I want to say it was uh, 10 in the morning and then nine in the afternoon.
0: Okay. Well, that's excellent. So they had um, 18, 19.
2: Yeah, we we had a you know, there were two different waves that came through and you know some people even took took a double dip. But uh let's say I know it was, you know, ten different folks in the morning and nine in the afternoon and uh you know, it these folks with a spirit at year. I mean they were I know we had one gal that uh you know she she had a number of challenges there, but she wanted to go in the worst way. And they got her in the water. Yeah, I wasn't actually part of this group but I watched because they had I think they had uh, three support divers with her in the water, and I think she must have been, you know, I don't know, ten ten years older or younger. And they put her in the water, and they put her under, and she'd start laughing so much, the regular would fall out of her mouth. And they bring her, they bring her back up, and get her resituated back in her mouth. And she wanted to go more, and I don't, I don't think they ever had her more than two feet underwater. I really don't think she was ever much underwater here. But, uh, you know, she'd get back in the water, and she would just start laughing and laughing, and they'd bring her right back up, you know. And, you, know you know, we had different uh, folks that did different things. I mean, not everyone actually stoked a school adults. There were some people who, uh, who, who, who had snorkeled and had a ball with it. It was just uh, oh, this group uh, Kraken Man, What was the name of that group that donated all the masks? It was uh, Kraken something. Or uh,
1: Kraken was one and i I feel bad that I can't offhand think of the other one, but I will in a moment,
2: mm-hmm. but yeah, they donated uh a whole bunch of those uh full face that they talked about on the podcast uh a couple of months
1: ago yeah. and and as uh, a side note, Darren, mm-hmm. I have one for you because I figured we could do the evaluations we've always wanted to
0: oh okay, well, I certainly appreciate that
1: yeah i was I was given one as well, and uh you know
2: the but these kids were—they were diving on with these things, and you know we had one student who, uh, you know, would, I don't, one of the obstacles we had up in the pool was there was a uh, treasure chest set up and it was full of mardi Grubi. And when we would take a student out to uh, maybe go for a swim, you know, you don't want to just go look in the pool—you got something to do. So there were, you know, this treasure chests that come up there, they could grab up to five to mardi grubbies if they wanted to. Uh, there was some hula hoops set up that they were feeling bold—they could swim through them. I can tell you it wasn't as easy as it looked. I tried and Mac has some pretty good blackmail video on me trying to try to do it. I didn't do so pretty. Uh, mm-hmm. you know it was uh you know, we would take him out to the you know out and show him a few things. And you know, there was you know one young man who uh decided he was going for treasure and he wasn't happy just to get a few beads out of there. He brought the whole he he, he brought the whole chest up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you know, he, he brings the whole chest up and I'm like, no, 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 that's got to be protected for other people. So they, you know, one of the other doctors took it back out set it back up. And I'll be darned if he wasn't right back on it until he got it back out of the water again. <laughs> He's just going to have that. He wanted a whole bunch of Mardi Gras dude, So, but, you know, it was just, it was a blast. I mean, uh, you know, every student was different, had, had different interests, different personality, different needs. Uh, but, you know, they really, Really enhanced our, our our time there. You know, uh, when they say that the first person benefited by volunteering is the volunteer, and we really had a good time with this. I mean, uh, you know, Paul Piper's had told me uh, that you know they were gonna you know take a little good care of us and make sure that we had a good time, and yeah, they did a first-class job of that.
1: Yeah, the two sponsoring groups was at Kraken Aquatics, and then October Moon was the uh, Full Face.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: And uh, if the for the handicapped individuals who had difficulty doing the regulator, uh, that Full Face was absolutely great. And the significant item I found about it, no matter how hard I breathed, I could not make it fog up. I was very impressed with
2: that. Oh wow. Hmm. Okay. I wonder what it's treated with to make it keep it from fogging. Because you know that's a, that's an issue we have. Is you, know, you can you know, scuba divers learn the- early on how you have to treat the inside of your mask with toothpaste to get the uh, you know the anti you know the protective coating off so the anti will stick, and even then it can be kind of dicey for a while.
1: Uh, the, the, one of the reasons is the way they've got a nasal a nasal with that, and the airflow goes through it, that ventilates it, and then exhausts. So you're not exhausting. In a reverse part, you know, like you breathe out, then it goes through the snorkel, and in and out, it exhausts out, and therefore, the uh, fogging up part was not an issue.
0: Hmm. Okay. This This is all done in the pool. Do they have a program where they do anything in open water?
1: Yes. I went ahead and looked at the different programs that are offered by several different agencies, including the Handicapped Accessible Society, and... One of their programs, and it runs a solid week, uh, it's not, it's, it's averaging 400 to $500 for that class. But they include boat diving, boat entry and exits. So their techniques are going to be significantly different depending on the handicap of the individual. Right. Um, in looking at the pictorials, though, they, it was obvious they were not people who were quads or paraplegics. They had maybe an appendage or so missing or some other difficulty. Mm -hmm. I I can't imagine doing that in an ocean environment from a boat unless you're, you know, shoreline, sandy beach area that you could control the environment.
0: Was everybody on the adaptive side, were there any veterans who were present?
1: I, I didn't understand any having been identified as such, mm-hmm. but it is possible there could have been. Looking at the age group of the individuals,
2: I know that that is one of the uh, criteria of people who are eligible for the program. Our, our veterans. Um, so I, I don't recall that being you know, anyone important. So they were a veteran. Uh, you know, we, we weren't given you know a full history on these folks. You know, basically, you know the. Uh, the folks from Mary Freebed came in, and uh, you know we weren't given any kind of last names or anything really identifying or anything. I mean, they told us you know so and so is coming in, and she has you know know a, a um, you know a learning disability or something. You know something or you know, cerebral palsy or something. They they told us a little bit there, not any details, and you know we really didn't need to know too much beyond how Mary Freebed had decided that they were you know do this and you know what we, what we should work with, and you know some people had <clears throat> issues with sensations in their feet or their so We can had to watch and make sure that they were you, know, were you know they weren't dragging their feet or anything on the pool or going to get hurt and not realize it. Things like that. Um, you know, each person had you know a, a kind of a little bit unique approach to getting them in and out of the water. Um, <clears throat> one of the nice things about the East Grand Rapids pool there was that they do have this hydraulic operated chair. I think it operates on water pressure, but it looks so like they they had a garden hose plugged up to it there. But it actually would, uh, you know, raise and lower people who were minimally ambulatory in the water. And we get them in the water, and then we, you know, uh, have a BCD rig ready ready to go for them. That's one of the nice things about you know, diving so shallow is that most of the BCDs are set up with with an eighty. <laughs> you can do all day in an eighty in a, in a pool. And you know, we would get them suited up and you know take them for a spin. Yeah, and you know, we run them down to Treasure Chest, get a souvenir out of there, and you know quite a few of them did go through the uh, the hula hoops. Uh, actually, I want to say three or four of these folks were uh, repeat offenders. You know, they, they do this every year, and some of them, you know a number of them. This is you know they, they come back for more. They did it last year, and they sign up right away for it next year. Uh, you know, the, their families were there. You know, whenever we were getting someone geared up. You know, we'd ask them, you know, mom and dad or someone here, and they'd point them out. You know, and mom and dad would be up there beaming. And, yeah, it's just kind of easy to figure out who they were because they're the ones taking our pictures <laughs> the whole time. And, you know, they were pictures and, you know, mugging for the camera. And, um, you know, they had a great time with it there. Uh, you know, like I've, I've been tagged on Facebook quite a bit with people that, you know, uh, you know, posted their stuff and all that. And, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a good time, really good time.
0: How long does it take for the training so uh you mentioned there is a shortage of certified aides uh what what's involved with with getting that certification
2: well uh Tim Marr about it to some extent, and it's actually not that long of a course It uh, sounds like they they try they they try to do it over a space of two days and you' are gonna spend an awful lot of time in the water over those two days you know it's you know, there's a fair amount of bookwork which you're gonna to have to have done before you get in um, the class. but uh, the time of the water, it's just more than you can do in, in one day. And Tim's a pretty hardcore guy. If he's saying it's more than you can do in one day, it's probably most people are gonna to want to do it over two because it's gonna be a lot of stuff. But as Mac was saying, they do simulate, you know, different pr- paralysis for you. You know, that they do they will tie your hands up, they will tie your feet up. They will black out your mask. They will, you know, you'll be in the water completely dependent upon the people taking, you know, your handlers, the other divers that are there. And you may be able to communicate with them that something's um, not going well. It all depends upon which particular disability they're simulating. And, you know, I, I do know all these folks, they were consenting people. They, they knew what they were doing, and, and, you know, they all have the, the, the capabilities to say no. And they not only was no one saying, no, people didn't want to quit. <laughs> I mean, we had this one gal with a snorkel that, uh, my gosh, just about leaving a wake behind her. I mean, she was just turning laps out there and couldn't get enough of it and didn't want to come out and thought that we're going to have to drain the pool to get her out, you know, cause she didn't <laughs> want to come out of there. I mean, it was just these, they, they had a blast. I mean, uh, yeah, I just, um, posted a link in the chat room to their Facebook page. You know, it's uh, West Michigan Adaptive Diving and uh, I believe Larry Sanders is the president of the outfit. He's the one that contacted me looking to get... He, he was asking me to promote it on the podcast uh, and he contacted me about two months ago. And I mentioned the podcast and then you know, I had some personal reasons looking up the podcast for a while and uh, just kind of thought you know, we really need to have divers who have a, kind of a, a natural mentoring ability, and that's 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 where Matt came in. I was like, you know, I don't know anybody who's a better mentor for divers than, than Donald McElhinney here. So you know, I got a hold of him, and uh, you know, a handful of folks, and we did have a couple of last-minute cancellations. You know, uh, been a nasty flu bug going around, so you know, there's a couple of people come to that you know short notice, and would like to have a had a a few more folks up there, but all in all, it worked out very well. Uh, actually, uh, Mary Freebed does supply some folks, which they mostly helped out on the surface. Um, you know, we had the diving end of it covered. Um, you know, Tim Morris Tim supplied the uh, the, uh, dive, the certified dive buddies. Um, I know, well, I, I mentioned to uh, mention Gary Passon was up there as well. He's a certified dive buddy. Um, Mac, let me know if I can forget anyone here. I, I, I don't know the folks from Mary Freebed who are up there, but I know up, the names will put them in the water there. But uh, let's say, uh,
1: well, one of the other individuals. Really good a, time. Is
2: Looking is forward Paul to it like, next year.
1: It's Paul Coopter. I, I can't pronounce the last name, but he's been involved in it for, for, for quite a few years. How's your battery holding up, Darren? I am sitting at 28%. Well, you're running out real quick. Um, let me hit one more item about not about that, but other dives. Uh, when we were out there having fun on Saturday, uh, John Deboda and Adam Crandall were going to go back out to Dime and, and do some looking at the boats. But they got there and there was four inches of ice. So <laughs> then they went over to Magician and checked out a few of the other lakes. All have solid ice on them. So they went to Paw Paw, got a nice dive in, and uh, we did get some posted. Hallie posted some nice. Pictures and snow <laughs> uh, on the club site, so we're not the only ones who did get wet uh, this week.
0: And then you said they dove at Pawpaw. Did they? Did they? They have open water there?
1: Yeah, I'm looking at the picture here. They went to Forest Beach uh, off the pier, and you had shore ice, but once you got out past the shore, you you had um, clear clear open water. If you were in Sherwood Bay, you had ice because I flew over and took pictures. But in this area, they had uh, clear water.
2: Now, anyone who's looking to do any kind of a shore dive still, um, I would imagine that uh, Prairieville Park up there on Gull Lake should have open water yet. Just the way the wind sets up on Gull, that tends to be one of the last areas to ice up. So, you know, good chance you know, Prairieville Park up there on the uh, northeast corner of Gull should still have open water. That may be one of the last places you're going to find it, you know, aside from Pawpaw there.
0: Yeah, and it's probably good for us to mention to that people should be careful this time of year because even if you go in where there's open water, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that uh, you can't get underneath some ice easily enough. We especially see this in the river where you're going in an open spot and you're going down, and then when you come back up an ice pack's moved or you've gone to a section that is now covered.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, there are a lot of hazards in, when it comes to ice diving. Hazards which can be uh, beyond the scope of this podcast to discuss. If someone wants to go ice diving, you really need to have specialized training, specialized mentorship, specialized experience. Uh, it's not just something you just jump in and do. Um, if you do, then um, hey, say, say say hi to Dar- Say hi to Darwin for me. All right. So, so.
1: And if there is anybody out there who's interested in ice diving, there's going to be a class for it. Also in January. Uh, if you didn't know, on the 20th, they're going to have a intro to scuba. And they're also inviting all certified divers to come out there and uh, check their suits and their gear to see if they work. They're also going to have some scooters to play with. They're going to have some full face equipment to use. So if you haven't dove for a while and you want to get wet in a really nice environment, meaning no snow, no ice, you might want to join us there. In addition, that afternoon, they're going to have an ice dive class, the classroom portion, and they're asking that any experienced ice divers who would like to attend, uh, it's appreciated if they will show up.
2: You say this is January 20th? And I this believe
1: it? it's January the 20th.
2: And where are people meeting up for this?
1: This is going to be at uh, Wolfs Marine. Okay.
2: I presume they should probably uh, RSV. Or just just show up and ready to and ready to dive.
1: Well, if it's experience, I think it, they'd appreciate a heads up. Yeah, uh, and obviously anybody, they, they I'm sure they'd like it. It's going to be at the St. Joe High School pool, which is pretty nice. It's going to start at eleven o'clock, and they're supplying gear and stuff. Obviously, if you have your own, bring it. But yeah. I intend to be there that day, and I intend to also participate and uh, attend the class for the ice diving. If there's good ice. The following Sunday will be an ice dive.
2: Now, generally, when you have, a, you know, one of those intro, there's a cost associated with that. Uh, was, do you know what the, what the cost is for this one?
1: No, I do not. Not for the ice dive. I, I don't know that aspect.
2: Yeah, possibly not for the ice dive. That, that would probably just be front and all there. But I think, like, for the, the intro to scuba, uh, there's usually, you know, a, a minimal cost, like, you know, $50 or something like that to do an intro to scuba there. Do you know
1: is that? The situation here? This one, I understand, is free. Hello? How is it? Yeah, cause I posted it? it also on the club Hello. site. Uh, it said, uh, am I still on, by the way?
0: Yeah, we can still hear you.
1: Oh, okay. Um, it says uh, they will introduce anyone who would like to try scuba in the water. Gear at the St. Joe High School pool. They discover scuba class will start at 11 o'clock with poolside instruction on how to assemble and use the scuba gear. Then the instructor and assistant will take you on your first dive in the pool. Yeah, I, Said, I, uh, I, please stop by Wolfs Marine on Main Street in Benton Harbor, or call the dive shop and talk to them. Yeah,
0: you, you'll Said want to. The
1: pool, the pool, would be open to any certified divers who'd like to get wet and partake in wash your dive gear. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I, I think they're going the approach like you 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 do when you go down to a a tropical resort and they're trying to hook you on the class. You know, they have the gears the gear there set up to get you underwater so they can uh, talk you into. Doing a little more,
2: you well, know, I can think of a lot worse things to get to get hooked on,
0: yeah, so yeah, mm.
2: well, I mean, yeah, the intro to this discover Skipper courses, this is how a lot of people have have been hooked uh, you know, I'm, i I'm gonna look at my schedule if if I can make it down, i'm I'll, I'll, I'll be there, so
0: yeah, I'm planning nice on cooking. being there, provided that I'm not way steep in robotic stuff at that time,
2: well, bring the robotic stuff with you, you need to start working on on r o v robotics,
0: yeah. That, that that could happen.
2: Mm-hmm. So, does anyone know, is uh, Lake 16 still open yet?
1: I've heard no feedback on Lake 16.
2: Okay. being one of the deeper lakes around usually that's one of the last ones to ice up. Although, I also should mention that, you know, we are, from the time we were recording this to the time this gets posted, you know, these ice conditions may change. You know, you, anyone planning a night, always be very aware of what your ice conditions are. <clears throat> and there is no safe ice, okay? I mean, there is yeah.
0: no safe. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's all sorts of stories of people who have walked on the ice and fallen through, so uh, you have to take proper precautions.
1: As as a side note, if I may then, uh, I was down at Wolf's the other day, and I now noticed they have a tremendous lot of gear from various fire departments and Coast Guard, which includes Gumby suits. The survival suit we're talking here? Yes, the Gumby suits, and some of the prices are going to be such that if we had somebody who wants to tend but not to dive, and is not a diver, we can teach them to tend, but by putting them in a Gumby suit, we've uh, increased the survivability of, uh, of, of being a tender tremendously, mm-hmm. which is not a bad idea.
2: No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we're doing ice dive, most of us are out there in our dry suit, and you know we have Support around is somewhere it to go through. Uh, we're quite confident in our ability to, to pull them back out. But then, often we do have surface support who comes out there bundled up, but bundled up to stay dry. Could be a little bit different situation. Of course, we would get them out, but they wouldn't be very happy about it.
1: Yeah, I looked at a couple of the Coast Guard gumby suits, and uh, these are the ones that are insulated with the hoods and everything. Very nice. Hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I, I saw, saw-
1: well, I was thinking that if you're an ice fisherman, too, this is not a bad thing to be wearing.
0: <laughs> Especially if you're one of those who who likes to uh, brave it a little bit.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure one of those Gumby suits is a lot cheaper than a dry
1: a suit. Uh, yes.
0: Well, we're we're getting real close to ice diving. When do you think we'll have ice thick enough where we can do an actual ice dive?
1: Well, if you're talking two people, you got enough right now. Oh, okay. But what we want to do is have enough that we can actually install and use the platforms. Mm -hmm. And if we're really going to have a class and we have good ice, uh, it would be to our advantage to put up two of the platforms with some distance so they can traverse from one hole to the next hole Mm -hmm. that gives you, you know, gives you tasks to do Uh and help you practice on your buoyancy, this kind of item. It could also be experience hole and the trainee hole
2: yeah we've, we've done ice times in four inches of ice but it's getting you know kind of iffy there you know you've been water around the hole and uh, <clears throat> a little nerve-wracking doing it with four inches of ice yeah. the the ice i'm seeing it you know when it's that you know clear ice like that that tends to be really good ice though yeah. Uh, and of course, ice conditions vary. Sometimes you've got that honeycomb ice, and sometimes you can have six inches of crap ice. is isn't safe for anything. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm thinking if we've got that much ice already and it hasn't been snow-covered, that that ice oh, no, is it's just clear. It's, to grow.
1: That's clear ice. And again, using the platform minimizes the sinking of the uh, area around the hole, and you're also cutting a rectangular hole instead of the triangle. And generally with that, it's a safer area, and you don't have the bending down like, you know, by the weight of the people surrounding the hole. You don't have that issue. Yeah, because yeah, I, I can see definitely. the
0: platform would distribute the weight
2: a little bit. Yeah, I remember us doing an ice dive,
1: you know, last
2: year on four inches of ice, and we were all making an effort to, uh, you know, stay, to spray it a little bit spread apart. And <laughs> I, I'm sitting there as a safety diver, fully geared up, and all of a sudden I'm in a puddle, rapidly getting deeper puddle, and realize I've got, like, five people standing right around me. You know, it was just like, get away, get away, get away. And it was cracking and cracking, but it didn't go through. But it was like, okay, you know, now we know.
0: Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So maybe this week, Mac, I'll, we'll be able to get out and get some uh, ice dive time in.
1: Well, I think it was funny because one of your topics
0: uh-huh.
1: is right in line with that where it talked about scuba divers rescue submerged ice fishing shacks.
0: Let me see if we can find that one. Uh, We're at 18%, so we're going to be pretty quick
2: here. Um, Let me mention mention one thing real quick here about the ice diving. Yep. Uh, You really want to make sure that the chainsaw you bring out is full of vegetable oil. Your bottle oil should be vegetable when you go out there. If you're using petroleum-based oil and the DNR happens upon you, you're looking at a pretty stiff ticket. So make sure you're using a vegetable oil, something organic, when it comes to, uh, you know, lubricating the chainsaw. So, all right, I'm on my soapbox.
0: I'm trying to see all oh, the ice fishing shacks. Oh, yeah, let me open that one up. I don't have that one currently. That one's out of Canada. Yeah. Uh, Scuba Divers Rescue Submerged Ice Fishing Shacks. They said the recent warm temperatures in Saskatchewan have caused problems for people who have ice fishing shacks on some lakes. Last week, there are two reports of submerged ice fishing shelters at Buffalo Pound Provincial Park. And two more at Thompson Lake. Conservation Officer Richard Hildebrand said that the weather had been warmer than usual this year. Structures in the ice can heat up and melt the ice below. This can lead to ice shacks falling through. It can be a pretty costly venture for individuals and insurance company to try and deal with. Uh, At Buffalo Pond near Moose Jaw, Scuba Guy's Dive Shop was called in to rescue some of the buildings. Owner Curtis Temple said he had a request to recover three ice shacks and one snowmobile so far this week. The specialized divers from the shop used air-filled lift bags to displace water and make the object weigh less. The water then pushes the object up to the surface. It's not the first time the team has gone after ice, sh- ice shacks either. Temple said there's been asked to recover vehicles, airplanes, and an air seater. Each time there's a surprise as to what they are, but the surprise gets less and less the more we do it. According to Temple, the ice buffalo pound is 35 centimeters thick, but he said it's still... Wouldn't call it safe. We would love thirty-five centimeters. That'd be about twelve inches. But, <laughs> yeah. we, but you look at what they're calling shacks. You know, we we call them shanties down here, and they're you know maybe a couple hundred pounds. Some of the old timers will have some a little bit heftier ones. But th- these people are pulling uh, trailers, trailers, camper trailers out
2: S- there. Substantial campers out there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So yeah. so they're, they're would. Their standard for what they should be on there. But, I mean, you could see the advantage of that. I mean, I wonder if some people are just, like, staying out there for weeks at a time.
1: Well, I'm looking at that one picture where the guy's got a uh, a fish. Do you see the depth of that hole?
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I, we'd kill for that kind of ice.
0: Well, And there's no water. I mean, we can't even see the water. It looks more like a, a hole to nowhere. Yeah. And all for that little tiny
2: fish. Yeah, and we don't... Any kind of ice like that around here, and and, and it's good ice too. But looking at it, it's not. You know, when we get ice, you know, more than six inches thick, it's usually half crap ice, you know, and that's yeah. that's all good clear ice.
1: Yeah, I, I know you said something about a fish. I I have to now, I jump in here real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pro- it's a highly probable I am going to get some lionfish from Florida from a food company. Who is interested in our review when we cook the fish for them?
0: <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Well, go for it. Yeah, sure. Uh, I,
1: I'm going to go for it because, uh, but we're going to have to wind up cooking the darn things and then tell them what we think of it.
0: Hmm. We can do that. Maybe yeah. maybe we'll do Refuse. a a live show. We'll we'll get all together for that one and uh, and record and eat.
2: Do we want to do like I well, like our own kind of recipes? Or are we looking at you know like Beer battered shrimp here, or how do we want to do it?
1: Well, one, I'd like to know how do I clean the damn things without getting hurt? I've heard a couple of versions of how you do it. Like, they spear them, and the guy keeps his peaking shears with him, and as it's sheared, he cuts all the spines off. Mm-hmm. So when he gets to clean it, the bad parts are gone. I don't know anything about that, so I need to know that. The second, I'm just, at, you know, the, he's a, he just filleted it. It's mm-hmm. like whitefish, but Talking to Bob Sweeney, matter of fact, after the dive on Saturday, uh, he was on, but he loves that stuff. He said, it is great. So I'd like to find out if it really is that way.
0: Excellent. Yeah, that, certainly we'll have to try it. Maybe we'll we'll do this as a dry run for the video version. I've got, uh, you know, the software we're using tonight is actually video software. Uh, we're just, it's looking at two blank screens now, and I stripped the audio off of it, and that's what will be live Live, that's what we'll be posting up recorded. Uh, we're at 14%, so I'm going to speed this up a tad. So I wanted to uh, point out to everybody that we are getting to the end of the year. I'd like to thank everybody who's been supporting the show and listening. Uh, I just got my uh, bill and paid for it. The hosting for uh, one year and just the web hosting was about $350. So that is some of the costs that we've incurred. Uh the the podcast itself is about two hundred dollars a year to host the audio file. So right there between the two we're sitting at about five hundred dollars. So uh at our current level of support that does not uh pay for it. So yeah, I'm asking anybody who can help, and a lot of them in the chat room I know are supporters. So I'm not, I'm not twisting arms of people who are already giving. But if you're finding any value in this program, you listen to it weeks on and weeks off, and we're approaching our ninth season coming up. We certainly could use a little bit of help. Three dollars gets you early access to the show notes, um, and uh, yeah, that that's that's pretty much my begging for money. <laughs> And, uh, again, we appreciate, you know, if you, if you're financially unable to do it, don't feel bad. You know, we understand things happened and we're not in this to make money, but we are listener supported. Nice thing about being listener supported is even though we have, you know, these people who are, are sending us stuff. And so far we haven't really, you know, this is more of future plans, not stuff we have now, but we're free to say whatever we want. Uh, we're not beholden to anybody. We're, we're here for our listeners. So. Uh you can rest assured that uh what we say is really what we think.
1: You're here, here.
0: The twelve percent. It only took me one percent to go on my on my soapbox. So you can visit our website com. You look for the link, it says uh Patreon and you can donate. Um we're on Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash scubaobsessed. We're on Twitter at scubaobsessed. And I'm going to be setting up uh I thought I'd have it done today, but I didn't. Uh, We will be able to have a, uh, we're going to have a newsletter going out uh, with losing talk shoe. Uh, That's one of the services that it had was uh, emailing everybody when it, when it's, it, uh, when a show was coming up. So we'll, we'll do MailChimp or something to let everybody know when our next episodes coming up. So you can listen live. Our, Our Patreon supporters currently get it. but people who aren't are currently in the dark.
1: When you when you say talk show uh, shoe is not going to be utilized uh, the people who are using talk shoe how do they know to transfer over to where we are now
0: well as far as if you were using like if you're on iTunes when I moved the show I changed the feed with an iTunes so those people shouldn't have even had a blip it's only the people who are directly going to talk shoe and that's a good point what I'll do is I'll I can post up a little episode that says hey if you're listening, come on over here. So I'll, I'll need to to do that. That's thanks for reminding me. I hadn't done that yet. And then on the website, uh, most of the podcast episodes are all pointing to Podient, but some of the old ones may not be. So if you ever get anything on the website, that's a little odd, drop us a line. Uh, it can be a little bit, that form is on the website is loaded with people spamming me lately. So if you don't hear back from me in a day or two, then uh, I probably didn't get it. So, you know, try it again or DM me on Twitter or Facebook or something or the chat room here. You know, we're, we're here live every week. Um, and, you know, we, we certainly see everybody in. I'd like to thank everybody. So we have Derek. We have Eric. We have Karen. Um, we have, uh, let see, some, some I don't even know what their names are uh, showing up there on, online. So. Uh, yeah. You can yeah. listen live, and I, I think this is uh, working out pretty well. This Discord. Uh, do you yeah, have anything we, you want to p- go ahead, Kevin?
2: Yeah, now that we're kind of getting the hang of it here, uh, I'm definitely liking it. I wasn't really first, but yeah, uh, smoother platform than what
1: we're.
0: Yeah, it, in in fact, Mac was just it, it's kind of weird because uh, Skype still followed that tradition of almost like a phone system. So you're used to calling and trying to connect. Now it's just. a, a you know, room, you go into the room and and people are there. And uh mm-hmm. it's once you get used to the less formality it's it's actually pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well we had so many issues
2: before with trying to get you know, Skype with, with talk shoe and other mm-hmm. way around and now it's it's all just one platform. So yeah. things can get along pretty well. Yeah.
0: My my only concern is gonna be I, I think this might be a little tougher for getting guests and you know, and you explain Discord, so I'm going to have to come up with some pretty good instructions and you know, we'll probably, for anybody we have on the show, do a pre-show maybe a week before just to test the audio out and and make sure that that's all set and going.
2: So will will Discord hook up to a, you know, a landline or a telephone?
0: Unfortunately not. Uh,
2: okay.
0: I, what I may have to do in those situations, if somebody insists on doing it that way, is do some analog and digital stuff, you know, a couple computers and bridge them in either with Skype or uh, something where I'm running them through a mixer board. So there's still some possibilities that way. Uh, And I think I'm down to about 8%, and my experience when these computers get less than 10 is that, uh, you know, 10% to zero could happen in just a few moments. So do you have anything to plug before we get out of here?
2: well i want to uh encourage all of our all of our listeners to uh, support your local dive shop we all enjoy those bargains online but the bargains online aren't going to thanks i'll still continue to patronize your, your local libraries there's a wealth of information there which you are
1: not going to find online so let's keep them babies around
0: how about you mac you got anything you want to plug
1: not this week but i'm sure we will after the uh new year's ice dive
0: okay um so, on that, uh, we'll go ahead and head to that time of the show. And actually, this has a little bit of a true story to it. Uh, my hair was getting a little shaggy looking, so I went to the barber shop. Um, and while I was there, I decided, you know, it might be nice to go for a shave. So, the barber asked me to put a small wooden ball on my mouth so I could get closer to shave around my cheeks. I asked him, but what if I swallow the ball? He replied, no problem. You just bring it back tomorrow like everybody else does. <laughs> okay. Wait,
1: oh, yeah. wait, I do have a story about that.
0: Oh, go. Well, <laughs> if,
1: if you ever get to Paris and everybody wants to go on the tours, right?
0: Uh huh.
1: I want to go to the catacombs. I want to go to the Eiffel Tower. They want to go to the Napoleon area, Rodin Museum. Uh huh. Hey, if you go there, do the sewer tour. And one of the objects they have there is a monster wooden ball that is 12, 14 foot tall round oh. that they use. And they roll it through the sewer pipes to clean them out.
0: Uh-huh. Well, anyway, I
1: enjoyed the tour. It was a lot of fun. It was very educational. And it wasn't that odiferous.
0: So it, it's doing the same thing purposes in my in my joke, it cleans you out.
1: Absolutely.
0: So until next time, go out there and get wet.
1: <laughs> and stay <laughs> stay safe. And have a good time going.